Hello, welcome to the second episode of Public Action Podcast. This podcast is part of a series of contents that act as a teaser for Public Action 2021 and even helped by public policy and management students at Universitas Gajah Mada that aims to build awareness toward public issues in engaging ways. The theme of Public Action 2021 is Innovative Youth in Action, emphasizing public value in addressing perpetual social issues. My name is Madina Raya, and I will be acting as the host for today's podcast. So now, in the world of democracy that we live, freedom of expression has always been a fundamental mandate to run this political system. However, today, our world has expanded to not only in a physical reality, but also into a virtual reality. Social media, software, internet, you name it, we must realize that it was already an integral part within all of us in our daily basis. Also, we need to remember that cliche analogy of the two edges words, that this new realm of digital may boost our democracy, but may also regress it. In fact, we face information disruption, cyber attacks, virtual police, internet shutdown, buzzer, and not forget to mention how the government regulations promote it. Yes, all of it that threatening our fragile democracy, we are going to talk about it and you should know about this. Setting it aside with us today, please welcome Ms. Nandan Sekar Arum, FOE of Southeast Asia Freedom of Network or SafeNet. Thank you for having us, ma'am. How are you? Hello, everyone. Hello. Yeah, so let's jump into the topic. So the first question is, in this digital era, how significant is digital life and freedom of expression within it contributes to our democracy? Okay, so actually, I already you, uh, you already mentioned that We already aware that digital technologies has transformed our individual and collective lives, right? It's also bring the implication of digital technologies for democratic societies as well as uh, uh, in ways in which democracies we uh, might be enhanced by these advances. The internet access, uh, we already know it's like uh, borderless, like crossing multiple boundaries of geography, space, and also time. So. It also advance our democratic life. For example, social media platforms are certainly powerful and become the great public squares of our 21st century digital age. You know, like everyone can express themselves uh, freely and safely. Everyone can access information and ideas from all over the world through any media and regardless, uh, regardless of frontiers. Those are what freedom of expression means, right? Like, yeah, yeah. everyone can express themselves, can can express uh, their opinion, and also it brings uh, hopes and promises about our digital democracies. But I don't know. Like, I know everyone already know that this kind of ideal democratic situation is slowly changes. You know, like yeah. along with the many regulation made by our government. With yeah, you know the reason is to maintain the 
a resolution uh, the resilience of our country and yeah and it affect to our uh, freedom of expression actually yes i see the digital life and technology have a huge opportunity for us to express freely and borderless yeah but you also as you mentioned it come not with smooth problem it also come with problems and let's face the reality that today we have <laughs> how Hi. is the condition of the net neutrality in the southeast asian countries and especially in our country indonesia <laughs> okay uh, so uh SafeNet as an organization that monitor uh, the digital rights in Southeast Asia. Uh, we note uh, a lot of things happen, uh, happenings in the last uh, decade. And as you mentioned about the net neutrality, we know that the internet should be like uh, an equal world for all of its users, right? Yeah. Uh, there no, should be no discrimination, in in terms of accessing content or expressing ideas you know and it should be like uh the internet so you know like there's nothing left behind in the internet like everyone can express freely right but however right now uh the internet seems under capitalism you know like mm -hmm. that only serve the few not the many and they it seems like start to empower empowering the powerful let's say corporate and government. And we all know mostly their agenda generally not serve, don't serve the democratic goals or achieve democratic outcomes. So they only serve the goals of those in power. So the internet is not really natural right now. And also uh, we can see in, in the last years, governments across Southeast Asia, not only in Indonesia, have mm -hmm. introduced like strict regulations about fake news, fake news laws or IPE laws uh, in some mm -hmm. countries. And it's purposely like to curbs the spread of uh, disinformation and misinformation online to preserve national security. But, uh, but unfortunately that, uh, that regulation uh, have been used to curtail our free speech and restrict yeah. the voice of independent media, human rights activists, or other critical groups in individual. And also in Indonesia, we all know we have that problematic articles in IT laws. Yeah. Like everyone knows, and Safnet also uh, noted that more than 300 uh, people become uh, victims of that, of that problematic uh, articles in the IT law. So I think like, I don't know, uh, it seems uh, the neutral and borderless internet, it's already become myths right now <laughs> yeah it's quite a utopic condition right now and feeling how's the reality in indonesia and other southeast asian countries the digital life uh, and all the regulation that promotes authoritarianism and yeah so seeing that our democracy are being regressed yep. what are the impacts of digital authoritarianism on political life in asian countries Okay, so actually this uh, digital authoritarianism issue is not only in Asia, not only in Southeast Asia, the internet is growing less free around the world and the democracy itself is withering under its influence. So it's not only our problems, actually it's all, all uh, it's our problems. Uh, and 
you know, as in the last half of decade, I guess uh, it's confirmed mm -hmm. that uh, the internet uh, can be used, is used to disrupt democracies. Uh, yes, as uh, surely as it can be this, uh, this destabilize dictator uh, sorry dictatorship yeah it's yeah, quite yeah. hard hard uh, words like authoritarianism so like for example you all know uh, like cambridge analytica and facebook conspiration right mm -hmm. like uh, it's uh, it messed uh, the us election and it's one like yeah it's actually what impact uh, about this uh, authoritarianism but in asian as uh, in as in itself, you know, all of the countries in the Southeast Asia, if if we see on the World Press Freedom Index, it sits in the bottom half of uh, the index. So it's quite bad, you know, for the mm -hmm. for our condition, for our democracy uh, democracy uh, condition. So let's take a look an example in our country. I already mentioned about the ITE laws. Yeah. Then in in uh, in Malaysia and Singapore they have like fake news laws, so everyone uh, that spread uh, information that uh, bent or that uh, like stamped by the government is hoax, they will go to the jail. Even though the information is quite right and it's very critical uh, about the government. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I... yes. I think also Vietnam just launched their conducts of ethics for uh, using social media to their all of citizens and all yeah. of their institutions. That's yes. just very recently happening. Yes, and you know in Indonesia, uh, beside the ITLOs, we already have like MR5, a Ministry Regulation Number Five, Twenty Twenty. Is it mm -hmm. about uh, wait private uh, private sector? Wait, I forgot. Uh, Penyelenggara sistem elektronik, mm -hmm. uh, elektronik sistem operator that they should uh, that they should follows Indonesian regulation about uh, the content moderation. So you know, like like someone post something that uh, that government uh, think it's illegal, even though mm -hmm. we don't know what kind of the uh, illegal content because. Uh, it's not stated clearly on the regulation, so it became it became another pasal karet in the MR5. So it's yeah. more it's more dangerous as well from the ITLO. So yeah, it's one of other threats that happenings in Indonesia. So what it will impact to us? Of course, we have we have a very limit. Specific uh, space in internet channel, okay? Yeah. Like everything is narrowing. You know, you you don't have any freedom to express uh, yourself because it can be the platform digital or digital platform, or also the government can take down your content without any explanation why it should be banned or why it should be taken down. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's narrowing yeah, it's very our concerning. space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, very concerning. Seeing that authoritarianism, perhaps it's come not in the previous, previous old way of military and yeah. forceful force way, and we could see that the authoritarianism, authoritarianism <laughs> okay. is coming in such a soft digital way to right. narrate in one topic for the huge hegemony right. of 
the country to follow what the government wants to right. what's the people to hear in the focal way in the smooth way not that old way of military yes and that just very very concerning right that's a bro it's a brand new propaganda right mm-hmm. so like like the citizen only only just only heard from one source they only know information just from a government that, that only government that have right to say it is right is it not so it's kind of like i don't know we, we don't have any privilege to have access free information again if 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 the government uh make uh, this uh, ecosystem of the internet become like that so it's not possible if in the future we will become more polarized you know yeah like like we only have two sides black or white and there's no there's nothing in between and it's very very dangerous in our demo- yeah. for our democracy yeah there's no space for the gray to yeah. speak <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today uh, they say the future is in the hand of those who have data yeah and So how ethical is the usage of big data from the private companies or other stakeholders that have the personal interest in the light of privacy mm-hmm. and data protection in every citizen? Okay, yeah. Data is a uh, new oil, right? Like everyone has data will have the power. And yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, ethical issues regarding uh, the usage of the uh, not only big data, but data itself you know for example uh, how private companies uh, started monetizing uh, their data externally yeah with uh, with different purposes from uh, which the data was initially collected so yeah it's quite concerning yeah but actually until now the, i think there's not there's is not yet any laws uh, that stated what mm-hmm. uh, what should do or what uh, yeah what's don'ts and what do's for the private company about the data but uh i did research about it and at least there is there are five principles that can be used to protect mm-hmm. our privacy and in the data in the yeah. big data and the first one is like uh private customer data or private user data and the identity should remain private So yeah, privacy is not about secrecy, gitu ya. But as private data might uh, might need be to audit uh, audited based on legal requirement. So if the company trying to share our data to the third party, we should mm-hmm. uh, make sure that the data is still private. It's not. It's not. It can be the 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 data itself. I mean, like my data. It can be a link to my personal life, you know. So yeah, yeah the the private uh, the privacy it should be the protect. And the second one, uh, mm-hmm. the shared private information should be treated confidentially. Yeah, it's quite the same. It's about the privacy. So how how uh, the third uh, company or uh, the third party that will uh, get our data should be known. Uh, that they have restriction about which data that cannot uh, be how to say like uh, they can like expose our medical data they can expose our financial or uh, locational data 
and kind of that. So yeah, uh, all the data should be treated confidentially, no, no matter what. Yeah. And the third one is like, uh, we should uh, have like a transparent view of how our data is being used or sold. So do you know uh, how your Facebook data now it's uh, usage by the company? company? Did you know? Wow, I don't know. <laughs> do you know that your WhatsApp data is shared with the Facebook, uh -huh. and then you and Facebook can target it, uh, the ads to your WhatsApp based on your WhatsApp profile or not? So wow, yeah, yeah. This that's one uh, one example how uh, the the private company is not really transparent about how they uh, use our data. So yeah, the transparency is one of, of a key points about how to be ethical in using the data. Yeah. And then what, what else? Yeah, and also uh, the big data should not institutionalize unfair biases like racism and sexism. Uh, the, last, uh, the last issues is the mm -hmm. Instagram algorithm. It mm -hmm. seems they have like a racism or a sexism about the post. I mean, like uh, Instagram always prioritizing uh, women uh, with fair skin, skinny body, and so on. And they are also trying to ban uh, the picture of women with uh, more curvy, curvier mm -hmm. bodies, or uh, with a darker skin. And oh, yeah. that's kind of algorithm, it's very problematic, right? And yeah. it's also very like racism and sexism. And yeah. it's and it's, also the impact for the mental health for the yes. user. Right. It's very, right. very concerning. Yeah, because when when the ill when the algorithm always show us about that uh, fair uh, skinned women with all skinny the beauty standards, all the beauty standards, also all the Instagram user will think that oh that's kind of beauty and I should I should look like her like that so it's very mm -hmm. very problematic yeah. so yeah this yeah maybe it's only force from money yeah from many's mm -hmm. uh, principle but act actually you know what what we really needs about this data uh, regulation is about our data protection bills you know okay that is, yeah, that is related <laughs> to the next question that I okay. want to ask about the follow-up for, for what the reality that we have, the problems and the, the threat of our democracy in mm -hmm. our freedom of expression in this digital life. So what policies that are needed to ensure the digital democracy? Mm, okay. So yeah, digital democracy is about how the citizen can participate, you know, they can uh, freely choices what they think it's a right or not, and then how they can express uh, their opinion or their uh, ideas. And then the policies that are that uh, we are really need about it is the policies that really uh, inclusive, mm -hmm. and then they can accommodate our needs about our rights and also uh, actually the important things about the regulation is about how it's uh, being made I mean yeah. how the how the government creating this law or this regulation yeah the process the process right the process mm -hmm. because 
I don't know, like in in the last regulation, in the last new regulation, I can't I can't see that you know like uh, me myself and my organization. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't think that we are involved in that process, even yeah. though we are one of, yeah, not only SafeNet but also others uh, CSOs. Things that we are really the stakeholders, about the stakeholders, right? We are really concerned about this issue. We have yeah. a lot of thoughts about it, but I don't know. We we are not, not really invite. involved. Invite us to 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 discuss about the new regulation. Yeah. So. The process is very, very important, but yeah, we miss it. We miss it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. yeah, and but... that is the, the, the rules, the, our responsibility as a public, as a citizen, and also with SafeNet and all the interest group to really, really make sure the public policy process that's happening in the government up there yes. is not suddenly, it's inclusive, it's... Yep. It's really, really made for the public, not yep. for the just for the powerful person that yeah. have the own interest to right. the government and to their company. Let's yes. uh, let's face it. Yeah. Yes, so, totally oh right. my yeah. goodness! <laughs> not only the, not only the regulation. We yes. must uh, we must uh, highlight this, but also the process of making that regulation. Yes. Yeah. Well. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Miss Miss um, Nandan um, Arum, for having us today, ma'am. And I am sure that this podcast will expand our horizon towards the issues of freedom of expression in this digital Amen. era of democracy. And this should be a reflection for all the listeners, for all the citizens, and all the students to reflect how the democracy that we have today is it a ceremonial is it only a procedural democracy or it have to be we face it an illiberal democracy well that's all for today uh, stay tuned for the next podcast and don't forget to follow our instagram at public action ugm for the upcoming event goodbye